Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs. Sometimes I forget to say that. This is episode 264, maybe? I can't remember. Uh, maybe it's just 54. I'm going to look really fast. 265. I didn't get any of it right. 265. So I am really excited. One, um, this whole uh, series sort of ended up being about illustrators and all the things that we could do with illustration, which I think is really cool. And the last um, uh, person was Josh Cleland, who is done kind of the traditional route of children's book illustration. And these guys, so Jeremy and Beth, Jeremy Slagle and Beth Stafford, they're not married, although Jeremy does sort of look like Ben a little bit from behind maybe because they both have the same haircut. But they um, are, we're going to find out how they found each other and why Beth didn't use her husband to illustrate the book because I think that's kind of a neat part of the story too. So, but they went a self-publishing route, which I think a lot of times nowadays this is really realistic, um, maybe even more realistic than trying to go the traditional, but they had a vision. They had, wasn't all in it for just making tons of dough, but um, they ended up getting a Kickstarter that was fully funded in six days, which I think is unheard of, to be honest. And they really hadn't done a ton. So we're going to even dig into that. So I hope you guys are ready and we're going to get started right now. So welcome Beth Stafford and Jeremy Slagle. And then I'm not going to use your last names anymore. So we know you're not married to each other. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> and Jeremy's trying to talk to his dog a little yeah, bit. Like she so. hasn't been this way all day long, but now she's all anxious and crying in the corner right when I'm on, right when I go on video. We can't see her. or I can't really hear. Can you okay. hear her, Beth? No? It's just poodles. <laughs> I'll tell you. So, so if you guys have questions, how the chat works, you can hit chat and then you can type questions. I will make sure we get those questions answered for sure. So we've got people com coming from all over, all over the world. And I'm excited that we're going to hopefully, you guys are going to uh, give them a ton of knowledge. So I'm just going to pop in. And if I had asked it to Beth, but Jeremy wants to pop in, absolutely let us know what you can pop in, Jeremy. If it doesn't say your name next to it, feel okay. free. Okay. Same for you, Beth. That's good. So Beth, you're a designer. Yes. You and Ben have your own studio together. Mm -hmm. um, and you had you always wanted to write children's books? Or is this just because you have a daughter? So, or was this just something that just kind of popped in your head? Yeah. So I have always enjoyed creative writing. I've done it from a very young age. I used to write poetry and I was in some competitions for writing. I, I just always loved doing it. I never thought I would do it professionally. Um, I never really set out with the intention of doing a children's book. I'll just have ideas that come to me every once in a while. Um, but nothing that really stuck as much as this story did when I wrote it. So there was something that specifically happened. Uh, and I don't know how old your daughter was at the time, because I think this there's been a process. I mean, I think you, you said, uh, and I, uh, Jeremy has another podcast. You guys should check it out. It's called Joy Venture Podcast, correct? Yes. Can you give me a link and then I'll put that in the show notes too, but we can also maybe put a link in the chat. Yeah, um, it's uh, joyventure.net. Okay, people, you can get that, right? I'm going to write it down and I will put it in the show notes. But yeah. um, they did an interview where... Um, Jeremy and Beth were interviewed by Jeremy's co-host. Jeremy decided not to be co-host that day, though, so he could be interviewed. And they really talked about this. So how old was your daughter, and then what happened? Because your daughter has a real empathetic 
um, characteristic, I think, about her, right? Yes. Yeah, she does. She was very sweet as a young child, still is. I think it was around the age of two that she would just notice, like, if I wasn't feeling well or Ben wasn't feeling well, she'd come up and want to, you know, rub our backs. Or she would notice on the show she was watching if someone was in a dangerous situation and you could see it on her face and sometimes she'd yell out like she was just very expressive in her care and attention towards others when they were in kind of a sad or difficult scenario so that was something that Ben and I noticed in her and we want to be very intentional about building those things up in her and so we had conversations about how do we encourage that and how do other kids learn about that and what are some ways that uh, would help. And so we started talking about, wouldn't that be cool to write a story or do something like that? And we, that was a conversation we had very specifically one night and then went to sleep and I just kept thinking about this story. And all of a sudden this idea of a chinchilla came into my head and I started writing this little rhyming story. So by the time he woke up in the morning, I was like, Ben, I didn't stay up all night or anything. But by the time he woke up, I was like, Ben, I think I have a story. So that's kind of how this story was born. So one thing, one question I asked you was why a chinchilla? And so I think this mm -hmm. has to do with not just being a writer, but also being a designer. And so you, you understand what's in the market and you understand yeah. what's overused. What, and so can you talk about why a chinchilla and how, what time? So how many years ago was this? This was about two years ago. Okay. Yes. Our daughter's almost five. So, okay. um, it, so what was the question again? Why, why a chinchilla? So Ben and I love alliteration. We think that's really fun. And I think the concept of chin up chinchilla and hearing that kind of have the same sound in both words and the phrasing sounded cool. So that kind of is one of the main reasons, but also just focusing on a character that's not overused. So that gives us more liberty to create what we want to create and um, have some creativity with it. All right, so um, you have and Beth, you and Beth, you and Ben have been married for quite a few years. You know that he's a, a successful illustrator, I do right? Know that. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so what happened? Why? And you work together already, so clearly mm -hmm. you work well together. What was it? Why was it not working? Because I feel like this is like I think this, you know. People might be, oh my goodness, are you guys okay? You know, you can't even write your book together? Like, why can't, what's wrong with Ben? So, so what happened, if you don't mind telling us, take us through that part of that story. Because it does, this is, seems like such a um, ice cube and hot coffee kind of, because you're like, he's can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think initially we were really excited about it. And uh, the more we would try to work on it and get some initial sketches done, like we just seemed to not be able to get on the same page. A lot of what he did, I actually loved and thought it was great, but it wasn't meeting his personal standards for greatness. Mm -hmm. And then he would have an idea that he thought was really good. And I would be like, no, nah, that's not really doing it for me. So there was a lot of back and forth. And I think in the end, it was just something that he was too close to. And it was hard for him to get past certain hurdles in his head of what he wanted it to be and that disconnect between wanting it to be that and not quite knowing how to get there. So I think he basically just said, I really don't want to hold you back with my personal frustrations and getting this right. I think that you should just try to do this and not worry about making me be the person that does it. So 
So when you have somebody that you work with closely on a regular basis, and then they kind of throw you to the wolves, no offense, Ben, but you kind of just said, hey, you got to go do this. So what, how did that make you feel? Because I think two years is a long time. And I think this is part of your frustration with this, with this project was that you, you didn't, weren't sure what to do or what the next step was. And I feel like it was a complete God thing that you had to wait these two years because you needed to work with Jeremy. But can you kind of take us through that part of the process? Did you feel like you were like, oh, or did you feel like I'm going to find somebody? Was it something you were, you know, really fervently seeking out or? I wasn't because I know, like, I knew, okay, if it Ben's not going to do it, that's fine. And I will someday find someone who can. And, and I knew that that would take a lot of time because in my head, I'm a designer. I knew that I would want to find somebody and compensate them well for what they're doing for me. And so I knew it would be something that would take time for me to save, to find the right person. So I wasn't in a rush because I knew I couldn't hurry up and do it anyway in, in that respect. So it was something that I took comfort in knowing that the story was still my story and I had it. Um, but I was also kind of just trusting that in God's timing, I would find the right person who could illustrate this book for me. Cause sometimes books can take a while. Yes. And sometimes if you work with Jeremy, they're really quick, right? Cause Jeremy makes decisions fast. I don't know if she would say that. <laughs> It seemed like it took me a while to get the traction going on it, but that's another. That's well, another. from the outside, if it if you did it in within about a three to six month period, that seems pretty quick um, from an outsider perspective, because you have to do all the character and everything. So, Jeremy, tell us how you guys met, and really, you met Ben first, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I met Ben at a dribble meetup here in Columbus. Um, we had touched, we had we had connected earlier than that, I think. Is Ben sitting right next to you, by the way? I'm just gonna pull the curtain back a little bit. He is sitting right next to you. He's probably like really irritated that I'm pointing out. He, <laughs> that for some, somehow like he reached out to me when he was a young designer and asked me to be an in, asked if I could be an intern or something like that. And I rejected him. I don't remember what it was. Um, he brought it up. He brought it up one time when we were talking and we had a good laugh about it. But a few years later, we ended up at uh, a dribble meetup and really, really had a great time enjoyed hanging out with him we were at a place called 16-bit arcade here in, in columbus and um got to know him pretty well there and then we got a chance to hang out uh at the last two creative south conferences which is one of my favorite things to do i look forward to it all year long um but i really admire ben's ability his illustration ability is awesome his design sense is incredible um and so being asked to do this book really that your question to her Diane was the first question that came like came to my mind said like, why isn't Ben doing this because he's every bit the illustrator that I am so 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 you meet then um and you uh the dribble meetup was the beginning and you live close but you don't live you don't hang out every weekend with these no. guys right no so, so the one thing about doing a dribble meetup or something in your area, which we definitely want, want to always encourage people to do stuff where they're in their local areas because you do get to know people, but you, you don't have the kind of camp feel like what happens when you're at a conference where you're stuck with these people for three days, not stuck. I mean, it's a blessing to be with these people for three days, <laughs> right, right. but it's the, it's the full submergent or immersion, submergent, whatever. Submergent. I just made up a whole new word. 
But so when you're in a, at a conference and you're with these people, you can really talk. And so I, when did it come up in conversation that Beth had this story? So uh, we were out to dinner one night uh, with a bunch of guys and um, Ben was sitting next to me uh, at the restaurant and he basically pulled out his phone and said, Hey, I want to show you something I'm working on. And so he, uh, he showed me some sketches, some character sketches of the chinchilla. Two years ago then? This was two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, and showed me the character sketches he was doing for the chinchilla. And I thought, Oh, those are really, really cute. And he's like, well, my wife wrote a book and he pulled the copy up for the book and he said, read this. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is the cutest thing ever. This is so great. Um, and in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to do a children's book. Um, and I get contacted by people here and there that have seen my other illustration work on my website and they want to, they want to work with me to do, to do it. But most of the time when they contact me, it's like, well, I don't have a publisher yet. I need to pitch it to a publisher, but if we do this work together and I get published, then I will pay you for it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it just never, especially with someone I don't trust and know, uh, it's never been, a seemed like a good idea to me. So, right. So when this came up, I was honestly kind of jealous. Okay. So, but here's the thing I want for people to do. A lot of times people, if they're in these conversations, they just keep it to themselves. Like, Oh, I really want, but you verbalize this. Oh, I really want to do because you were, there was maybe not jealousy. I think it was excitement. Um, and you were, uh, I, cause I think jealousy can be a, such a negative thing. I think there's, it's a, there's a positive word, another spin on jealousy. That's maybe a good word, but I can't think of what it is right now. But I think that that's what you, you were like in awe, maybe, maybe Beth's better with words. Maybe she can, she doesn't know what word I'm talking about either, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, but so you actually um, verbalized this to Ben, like, oh, I really would love to work on a children's book one day. Yeah, I think I did at that time. I'm pretty sure I did. I, I don't remember all that well, but I think I did. Sure. Like, yes, I think I when did. we were talking about it, you said, you know, I verbalized that. And so yeah. then it's in Ben's mind. And then it, so sometimes these things have to percolate because they, they're not just automatic. And it's not like she he's just trying to get rid of it. Because at this point, maybe Ben was still working on it. Maybe. He was he was in the thick of working on it. And that's why he was showing me the concept sketches. It was something he was very much working on at the time. So I just want, so Joey comes from um, Hawaii and Hawaii was under a hurricane. So Joey, I'm glad that you have internet and I'm super glad that everything I think is okay. So I'm just glad and I was worried about you all night. So I'm glad you're doing okay. Hopefully you're going to miss, the hurricane will miss you completely. And Joey... Um, if you have a couch that's available, I'm always looking for a place to stay in Hawaii. I'm just throwing that out there. Anyways, back to the show. <laughs> she has kids and she's a, 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 she says she got it. So there okay. you go. <laughs> I'll right. connect you guys later. Um, so why then did it feel right I, for you, Beth? When did Ben come home? Because you haven't gone to go to Creative South yet, but hopefully mm -hmm. we'll get to get you there he comes home when did he say hey what about maybe jeremy because there has to be this kind of conversation at some point or was it from this past creative south he actually didn't say any i mean he said that he shared the <laughs> concepts with jeremy and he told me you know feedback and stuff but he never at that point was thinking about anybody else doing it so actually talking to jeremy and thinking about doing the book was never a planned calculated ask it was more of a we're having a conversation with Jeremy later a couple years later 
or something like that, you know? And then we're just talking about children's books and Ben and I know that we're not making much progress, but that wasn't something we really talked about. And then talking about the book and Jeremy saying he's wanted to do one. And then in that moment, just thinking, how much do you want to do one? Cause we have this, you know, idea. So. So then when did it come to fruition? When did, when did the ask or the urge come upon your heart to say, Hey, do you think I could work with y'all? Or was it you and um, Ben said to Jeremy, Hey, could you maybe do some sketches for us on this? Well, it happened at a conversation after we did one of the Joy Venture podcasts in, was it like nine months ago or something like that? It was last November, I think. Okay. Yeah. So we had gotten together with Jeremy and Thad and we went out to lunch afterwards and we were just talking about random things. So the book came up then and he was talking about how he'd always want to do a children's book. And I said, would you like to do my children's book? And we just found this out that he thought Ben and I planned on asking him that day, but in reality, it was just in that conversation. And in that moment, you know, I wasn't meaning, Hey, do you want to necessarily do this as a partner? I just wanted to know if he was even curious, you know, how much would it be? What, you know, things like that. So it was just the very beginning of a conversation, just a spark. Like, is there any interest there? And I think his initial reaction was like, yeah, but we did say, take some time and get back to us, you know, right. in the next few days, make sure you really want to do it. So, so how, what was some of those factors? And this is the next question. <clears throat> how important was it Beth for you to be paired up with somebody who had similar goals for, for the book and for this whole part? Cause this was new for kind of both of you for illustrating yeah. a children's book for Jeremy and then for you writing and then doing all the stuff that goes with it. Yeah. So it was very important to me from the start that, wanted to be doing this book and felt as passionate about it as I did. And I never wanted him to feel like he was doing this partnership out of an obligation or that his joy. So from the, my priority was my relationship with Jeremy um, and, you know, Ben's relationship with him too. I wanted to make sure that no matter what happened, that we would be friends and we would enjoy doing this together. So if that meant we started working on the book and he was like, this is too much and I don't want to do it or, whatever it might be, no, you know, no hard feelings. I would be fine with that. Um, so just that being one thing. And then I think we've just worked really well together. And I think it is because of our perspective. This book is something that's near to our hearts and we love the message behind it. And we're not getting caught up in a lot of the like profit or, Hmm. promotion like we want to tell people about the book but it's not because we want to make a ton of money it's because we want people to love the book and enjoy it and read it to their kids so right. all of those things have been great to be on the same page so did you and I'm skipping around a little bit but Beth did you and Jeremy create a contract for this project before you began no we didn't but we said you always should <laughs> I mean, you should if you're doing this professionally. I think because it was a passion project for both of us. And like I just said, like if Jeremy said, I don't want to do this anymore, I would have still had my story. I could have still gone on and had someone else do it down the road. And I would have been disappointed that it didn't work out, but it wasn't something like I needed to hold him to it and he owed me anything. But if you're doing this as a business, if you want to 
professionally have a book made, if you're hiring somebody to do it, you should always have a contract and make sure that it states like your expectations and what you're getting and what you're paying because you should be paying people to do it. So, you know, like I would recommend doing a contract, although we didn't. Do you have anything to add to that, Jeremy? Um, I, one of the things I'm always blown away by whenever I go to conferences is the importance of a personal project. And so often personal projects are not something you do because you're trying to make extra money. It's something that you're just, it's something like, I've always wanted to do this. It's an opportunity that comes along once in a lifetime. And it's just kind of like all the stars align and you're just like, you know, half the time for me starting a personal project is, is taking all the time to figure out what the personal project is going to be. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, it was like a personal project that got dropped in my lap. And I knew because I had heard the book earlier and talked with Ben about it. And then, you know, a year or so later reconnected on it. And it was like, Oh my gosh, that book that I was jealous about, I get to do now um, is just really, really cool. And I knew it just, it needed to be done. Like it, I needed to do it. Um, and so to me, it's not about money. I mean, this is one of those projects that like, if it ends up being something that I get to do more children's books because of this down the road, that would be awesome. Um, if it, if it, I I don't, I don't know what, I honestly don't know what God has for me at the end of this, but it's definitely for neither Beth nor I, uh, uh, this is neither of us are trying to launch a career with this book. Right. Um, or even make a huge pivot in our, in our, uh, in our careers at all. Like I love what I do and I would love to do some more children's books. This would be great. Um, it, but to me, this project specifically uh, and the reason I don't didn't feel the need to have a contract with them, it never even crossed my mind, honestly, uh, is just because I know them and I know they're people of character. And I knew that, um, you know, this is something that was very, very valuable and important to her. And so I'm make, being very, very careful to treat it that way and make sure that, um, that, we, that we work together on it. And they've been amazing, amazing partners on this project. So, so this is always more of a team. It always has had that team feel. And it was also really important that you, you both had clear expectations of what the other one was going to be doing. And even before we hit record and before we hit broadcast, when it was just the three of us, y'all were talking about some stuff on the Kickstarter. And so you're divvying things up. So when you do a children's book, she's written it, but she has, she's a designer. So she has an art director, um, things that are going to come up. And then you are an art director as well. You're an illustrator. So, how did that, um, when you're divvying, divvying up the workload, because the illustrations can be, you know, did she say, hey, I want to see some character designs, or you have already done this in the past, so you kind of just plopped some of character designs in. Do you know what I mean? Or, like, did you have a, a way that you were going about it, or did Beth say, hey, I want this, can you show me this, or... Um, I think, I think Ben, uh, Beth and Ben uh, shared with me some mood boards, some things that they were, that they had kind of liked and were resonating with them. And what I liked about that was it seemed to be the way I would go about doing it too. Um, I have, I work in uh, several different styles of illustration, but everything I do is all, um, is it's all uh, vector based. I don't do anything in Photoshop. I don't mess around with stuff like that. I love Illustrator. Um, and so I, that, that was our, like one focus that I was gonna, I knew that that was gonna be it. 
But other than that, I, I really tried to throw out any preconceived ideas as to what, what I would want. And I'm kind of a nostalgic person. Like I love stuff that reminds me of my childhood. I love the, the books my mom used to read me, little golden books and those, uh, the vintage Disney books and stuff like that. And so just that, the flat color, the, the, like the, the brush strokes and some of that stuff that whatever can be accomplished with a vector, um, kind of drew me into it. So I, I was able to focus down pretty quickly. And then from there, it was just, it was just really working from simple shapes, trying to keep it as simple as possible. The, the, this is geared towards four or five year olds. Uh, so, so one of the things I love about this book is that it's about empathy and it's not, um, it's not just a story that there's an end. It actually is a, a conversation starter. And that's one of the things I think you, I, I think it's, I don't have kids, so I don't read a ton of these books, but I remember the books from when I was a kid. And then I have, I do buy some children's books cause I'm a really heavy reader, but, um, and I really like illustrations, but there's not always this conversation aspect or this kind of let's talk ab about this. This seems like a really neat, maybe it is something normal. Do a lot of books do that now? Beth? I think there are some. Yeah, I've noticed with books we've gotten for Rue, but it's usually when there's teachable moments attached to the story and you want your kid to think about it. And I don't know if all parents can form, like read a book and then automatically formulate questions that they would ask their kids to think about it. So we thought it would be nice to add questions that would naturally guide kids like, you know, has there been a time when you felt sad and, and somebody's helped you feel better and different things like that. So getting kids to even further empathize with the character or think about specific times in their lives, um, that all just helps build a memorable moment around the book. So the topic of empathy. So in one of the things is that the little friend, the hedgehog, hedgehog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do they have names? I mean, they don't have a name in the book, I know, but like, are you, do you did you name them, Jeremy? Beth? I did not, no. Okay. So the hedgehog kind of sees his friend and the chinchilla is sort of sad looking and really you go through these things. Hey, why is this guy sad? You know, and it's instead of just being like assuming, you know, that it's kind of starts thinking um, about why teaching uh, people adults or children to be more empathetic. And so one of the things that I loved was um, there were all these other scenarios. Oh, it could be this. It could be this. It could be this. And I really, I liked that part. Um, Brian just asked if curious if Ben played a role throughout the project. The reason I asked is because he's working on a project with a husband and wife team. And one of them is more involved in the process than the other is feeling left out. Wondering if you all went through that and how you got through that. So was that Beth, can you, tackle that one yeah I think Ben was still a huge help to me because um, he has an eye for things that I don't sometimes and he'll catch things that I don't so where I'm just like yeah everything's fine he's like well actually there's this little detail you know like maybe you should consider adding an eyebrow and so I'm like oh yeah like it's so good to have more input so I actually I mean there was nothing that we've done that Ben hasn't seen nothing no decision we've really made that Ben hasn't also been a part of that decision um, so as much as like his name isn't on the front of the book but he has put a ton of time and care into making it as awesome as it is too so 
Yeah, so if, I couldn't have done it without him too. If there was somebody who was doing this, and so from Jeremy, if this was from your perspective and Ben wasn't involved, is this something where you would probably try to get him more involved so that it wasn't like you were leaving him out? If you were doing this again, or if you had another husband-wife team that you were working with? Are you asking me that question? I am. I'm asking you, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Um, so I, I think the difference is this is – Beth and I talk about this a lot. Uh, this is a very unique situation, uh, this whole, this whole uh, agreement and the way we're doing things. So um, I think if I was working with another husband and wife team, like as a graphic designer, I do a lot of work with uh, a, a husband who owns a business. And sometimes they, he, he co-owns it with his wife and she's very close to it. So I always, always, always make sure when I'm doing a new branding process, if she's going to have an opinion she needs to be there for the meetings. Like mm-hmm. I need to know her thoughts on things. Um, and, and, and typically these are non-creative people. These are people that have like come up with a business that makes and sells widgets or sandwiches right. or something like that. Right, so, right. Um, but the worst thing is when you're like creating something for the wife and then she's like, oh no, he's not going to have an opinion. And then <laughs> you go through the whole creative process and then like, you get like silence. Like she doesn't talk to you for four days after you talked to her their last time. And she's like, well, my husband just has some concerns, you know? And it's just like, Oh, but you know, in this situation, because it's Ben and Beth, they're both creatives and both of their opinion and their design sense and their skills are valuable. Um, I, I've not had, and I will tell you that the first time I sent sketches over, I was terrified. Uh, because I respect them greatly and, and I have a lot of times I have that, uh, oh, what's the, what's the, the term for it? Like imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. especially when I'm st- stepping into a world of stuff I've never done before. Like mm-hmm. I've never done a children's book. So, you know, and I know they have high standards. So I'm like working feverishly to come up with something that's like, is it good enough to present yet? Does it have, you know, is, is it there close enough? Can, will they be able to see this as just concept at this point? Um, but they were really receptive to my first sketches and gave some really great feedback and, and it wouldn't be the illustrations wouldn't be what they are had it not been for them being a really great partner and in, in giving me really great feedback and direction on it too. So, okay. So, um, so Brian says the husband and wife team are also both creatives. I think figuring out everybody's official role. So that's having expectations, clear expectations throughout mm-hmm. the process is the most important. And um, for, for him in, in that project. So I think it is really important that the roles are divided or the roles are clear. So you're kind of in a honeymoon phase. Now, granted, you've, you've been through a ton of hard work, but now you have this fully funded um, Kickstarter, and now there will be time put coming through December or beginning of December where it's going to be crunched. Thank goodness you guys live close enough that maybe you can do shipments or do something mm-hmm. where you're doing some of that together. But how does that work? So, so now that you have something that actually is going to be funded and there may be something coming, is there, is there, now do you step back and say, Hey, we're just doing a 50, 50 split. Um, is there ownership of the book? Is the, is there, you know, copyright by the illustrations and that's Jeremy and then copyright of the, the words by Beth or happy cargo books. How does that work out? Cause this may be something that is, it's a dream. Like this is all happening and it's great. And this is absolutely the perfect time. If you're going to make a contract, if you don't have one already 
it's great because you both are super happy with each other right now, right? So how would you, and maybe it's not the way you're going to do it because you totally trust each other and you have a really good friendship. But sometimes this can be, um, you know, the perfect storm for disaster because you think it's your friends and you're doing everything's fine and, you know, nobody would do anything to hurt. But do you know what I mean? Like it could come up. Yeah, I think Diane's just convinced me. Beth, I want a contract or I'm out. I'm walking. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I'm yeah. just trying because sometimes what happens is, and it doesn't sound like this is the case in this way, but I also feel like maybe you guys have a, a unique relationship that um, some people are going to end up doing more work or some people they're some people want more. And I know that this is one of the things that you guys had from the beginning but that was that this was about the joy of making this and getting this message spread more than about making money. But then somehow the money has to, that it has, somebody has to take care of the money. Somebody has to say, this is what's happening with the money. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how does that work out? So, I mean, it's really kind of, if you don't want to talk about it, you can just say, please skip to number five and we'll just skip on. I, I think the I think the part of it is in, it's funny because Beth and I had this very conversation this morning. Um, what is it that what this book is? In, this story has been something that she has had on her mind and created over the last two years. And I'm while we're partners in this. Um, to me, it's like she's she's the one that at some point is going to need to decide like, is, is are we going to just buy what we have from, are we going to just get what we have from the Kickstarter and then just kind of say, yay, that was fun. And, and just sell through whatever we have. Or is it something where she's like, you know, this is something I really want to do more. I, I'd really like to go to, you know, send this stuff out to, to different places or set up a booth and sell books or, or whatever. And, and or sheet sets or cards or whatever. Whatever, whatever. Um, or do we want to shop it around to, uh, to publishers and see if they're interested in it? You know, and I know Beth has other books in her head that she's already written and, and some ideas. So to me, it's like, we, we're going to need to figure out uh, before the end of this, like, what does she want to do with this? Hmm. Um, and I'm, one of the things Beth said early on is, if this thing doesn't get funded, obviously this is before we, <laughs> we started the kick, Kickstarter, but she's like, if this thing doesn't get funded, I'll just go out and print one so I have a copy. Um, and so to me, this is less of a design project and it is more like a fine art project in some ways. It's kind of like we're designing something just for the sake of creating something that we want to do and we feel called to do. If somebody wants to jump on board and buy it from us, that's great. Um, as it stands right now with the Kickstarter campaign, um, I think we use the reason we were successful, aside from the fact that we have amazing friends and family and, and people that have, you know, in the creative community that have really come around us to do this, is that we use Kickstarter the way Kickstarter is meant to be used. Kickstarter is not designed to, to launch a career. It's always been from the beginning a way to produce a piece of art or something you created and actually get enough people to, to support it that you could actually make it a thing. And that's really what we've done. So the $7,500 that we have for the goal is enough money for us to make the thing and ship them out. It doesn't just production. It's not, doesn't cover your illustration costs, doesn't cover the writing costs and all the stuff that goes into finding printers and all that stuff. Correct. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it covers it covers all of our expenses. It covers the the sticker packs and the bookmarks and the little blanket that's coming with some of the orders um, and all of that stuff. But I I think I, Beth and I would both say that the amount of time that this thing has taken, there's we'd have to. <laughs> we'd have to do really, 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 really well on the Kickstarter campaign, like way overfund it to, to pay ourselves back for the amount of time we've put in. Right. And, but that's not been that this is, again, this goes back to, this is a personal project. I've wanted to do this, you know, and if you're what that happy, means, if, if that, if it, if it just gets funded, you get it out, you're happy because you've met your goals. Even before it was funded, you would have been happy walking away from this. Yeah. And, and honestly, Beth and I would, to be completely honest with you, up until the day we launched the, uh, the Kickstarter campaign, we were talking about like, okay, so, you know, we've had friends that have launched Kickstarters in the past. I've had many friends that have launched Kickstarters in the past. And a lot of them set a reserve of money aside so that like if, if 7,500 is what their goal is, but they only get to 6,500, man, it'd be a shame to leave that $6,500 on the on the table so you have a friend throw a thousand dollars in at the last minute of your own money so that you get it across the line so we're just like thinking about like do we do that how much are we at what point are we willing to do that and then for us to meet the goal in five days just completely floored us because it was it was last week just so people know so you guys launched on wednesday of last week in one week and by the next day day two you were at 66 percent Day, um, I kind of kept track. So I think day three or four, you were 88%. And then day five, it was right at day, you were 96, 98% day five. And then obviously day six, you had 100% funding. And now you're overfunded, but I haven't, I haven't been keeping up. Now that you got 100%, I'm not that I'm out, but I totally am like, at least you're there. You know what? So those are the next questions to ask about the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. But that's really, it's really fast because Kickstarters can go for, uh, I think there's a short one, a regular one, which is the 30 days. And then there's a little bit longer one. Maybe it's a, a two month or something like that. I can't remember. But you did just the normal 30 days. And in five days, you were pretty much fully funded. I yeah. mean, which is amazing. And and I, we're going to get into that in a, in a minute. But so with this, it's owned, I guess, by Happy Cargo Books. Right, Beth? Yeah. So we're splitting the copyright between I will copyright the text and he will copyright the images. Good. We have everything living under Happy Cargo Books for now because in the event that we do create more books, we wanted to have a place for all of those to live instead of it just being chin up chinchilla. Right. You know, branded. So we thought we would have a place for them to live together, but we will split up the rights individ individually. All right, so here's another question, and then we'll go back into more of this kind of um, stuff with the split. Okay. So how did revisions work? So I know that, Jeremy, you were getting revisions from Beth and Ben. They were giving you feedback, but you would submit. You were doing a lot of these on your iPad. I don't know if you want to sh hold up your iPad or show some um, of your illustrations because that was how you were working. You were using some uh, retro supply brushes, but then you also made your own brushes. So then what kind of were you producing spreads and spreads or were you producing scenes um, or how, how did it work? And then when would you present? Would you present when it was all finished? Would you present a couple spreads at a time? 
Um, so the initially my, I'm trying, I'm sitting here on my, I'm looking at procreate and I'm trying to find the actual, uh, sketches. I know I have them. Well, I can, I can try to pull them up on my email. So yeah, um, I reorganized it yesterday and I must've reorganized it way too well. Cause, <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So yeah. So a lot of it, and these are, these are not great. Like they're really kind of horrible actually, but they were just kind of doing some quick, quick sketches on, on, you know, just what are these characters? This was the hedgehog. It ended up looking way different than this. And I'm really glad cause I'm not thrilled with any of these. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of it was that a lot of it was like, this is one of the sketches. This, this page ended up changing significantly. Um, mm -hmm. we ended up cropping in on the character itself, uh, to do this, which I think was a lot better way to do it, but you can kind of get an idea. Like this is sort of this, the, the sketches that I, that I'm working on very rough. Um, just some, some simple character study type sketches. Um, but the goal, what I, I didn't, I don't think I presented anything to them at this stage. I, I wanted to kind of flesh them out a little bit more. So adding some color um, and all that, and then kind of submitted an early stage. The chinchilla was gray originally, um, ended up changing the colors up a bit to make him a little more fun and, and more fun for kids to look at and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's how I started. And then once the characters were designed, it's at, at that point, because this is a, a relatively simple book, um, it's not, it wasn't, once that was defined in the textures and the colors and just kind of the overall color palette was identified, that it wasn't that much, it wasn't that hard to kind of figure out what each book, what each page was gonna look like. I had it in my mind and I know um, when you're doing cinema, cinema, usually there's a an establishing shot, which is kind of like a wide shot of to help the reader know where the person is. And then there's usually a tighter shot where now we're, we're focusing in on what's, what's the attention. And you'll notice if you look through the book, it's paced this way. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took what I knew from the way cinema works um, and the way, you know, other mm -hmm. children's books and kind of mm -hmm. thought through it. And I wanted to make sure that as they flip through it, the backgrounds change and some are brighter than others. Some are darker than others that it just, there's a good pace to the whole book. So so, and this is how many pages is this book? Beth? Uh, 36 pages total, but that and, includes like title page and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So then of the story, so you're, you're, you're working out, cause there's some thanks at the end, I think, you know, mm -hmm. thank you page. And, um, and then there's the questions kind of at the end as well. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things I think is, that is great to work with Jeremy is that he, he, I asked him, I was like, well, how long did you think this took you? And he said, I don't know, maybe, you know, if you're looking at start to finish, you know, we were working on so many other projects at the same time, but he does work really fast. He, and he said, he's not a noodler, which I think is a lot of designers have that problem of they would show those original sketches and then be like, Oh, well, and then, then they kind of noodle back and forth. Now they're noodling with you and with themselves, right? So I think maybe that's something I think Jeremy's really good at making decisions and then knowing when to present. Um, did you feel like that was the way, Beth? Yeah, like when he would send me something, I would just look at it and be like, this is great. You know, I, my reaction most of the time was like, yeah, this is awesome. And if there were edits, they were usually just minor things. Um, I tried really not to be, hopefully he thinks I wasn't, 
like a micromanager of the project and letting him use his skills because I knew he had them. And then just really looking if there was anything that was like glaring or stood out to me that needed to be tweaked. But I think because we had that back and forth and Ben was involved, it became so much better. And that's a real testimony to working together with anybody, like letting other eyes see your work, people who you trust, who you know have a good eye for things, because they might see something that you don't when you're close to it. Absolutely. I think having, and I think having somebody who can look at your work with a good constructive criticism that can also be encouraging is Mm -hmm. amazing. So here's one of the things I also think is really good about Jeremy is that he makes quick decisions or he, and he doesn't, um, if he makes a decision and it was, it wasn't the same decision he would have made today that he made yesterday, he's okay with it. It's just part of life. It's part of growth. And I think that's acceptance. And I don't know if you think that way, Jeremy or not, but just from talking to you, that's a really, um, that's a hard lesson to learn. I don't know how you've learned that lesson or if it's just a natural, like you were always like that, even as a kid. But I think not second guessing or being okay, knowing that today you're going to make better decisions than you made yesterday and being okay with that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, um, I think it's really important for me. I'm one of those people who, if I'm working on a client project, it's usually done. The project's usually done three or four days before I actually have to present. Um, I, I grew up super ADD and I always waited till the last minute to do my homework. And I always waited till the last minute to do stuff. It caused me so much stress as a child. And I learned somewhere around high school um, that the stress I was putting on myself was the fact that I was just procrastinating all the time. Mm. And so one of the things I love is like, I love if, if I have something that's due for presentation to a client on Friday, I usually have it done on Tuesday or Wednesday, like done in the can, in presentation. Now, some people, there's a lot of designers out there. I've worked with many of them and I've been guilty of this every once in a while myself. You keep going back to that presentation like, ah, I could just fix that one little thing is bugging me. You could fill those next three days with just going back to that design and just mm-hmm. noodling and noodling and noodling and really not making it any better. Right. Um, and so for me, I, it's good for me to take just a few, to, to separate myself at least a night of sleep or a little bit of time between when I finish something to maybe look at it and go, you know what? It's good. It's good. It's great. Um, it's good to present. And, and that, or I need to address that thing because sometimes it's like, you don't see it in the moment when you create it. And there were a few spreads in this book where I presented it to them. And then the next day I looked at it and I was just like, yeah, I'm just not feeling this. Um, and I said, and I, and I completely re- redid the page and said, what do you think, what do you think about if we do it this way? And they were like, love it. Uh, so it wasn't even necessarily because they didn't like it or push back. It was because I, I just looked at it with fresh eyes in the morning and realized the pacing. And especially, I think the biggest part of this took place when I started laying all the illustrations in InDesign and I could mm-hmm. see one page with the next page with the next page. And I went, Oh man, those pages, I'm starting to see a pattern here we need to break up. And um, some of the feedback on uh, that Ben and Beth gave me was like, well, we've got a few light pages. Let's do one with a really dark background here. Um, and it really helps with the mood and it helps set the page off before and the page after. So when you're looking at an illustration, um, like in isolation, they all look great because you're jumping back and forth all over the place so you get them done. 
Um, but when you start to put them all into a document and you see them next to each other, you start to realize, oh, okay, I need to play with scale. I need to play with the layout. Like on this one, I've got the copy on the left side and the character on the right, but maybe on the next page we break, we switch it up and do it this way, or we crop in really tight on this one. We go wider on the next one. So. All right. So I, I definitely think things always change when you put it in InDesign, right? Yes. So did you do your type in InDesign or did you do your type in Illustrator also? Um, everything I have right now, except for like all the content that's in like the opening pages and stuff like that, any type where anywhere the type is set on a curve, mm -hmm. I did it in Illustrator. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is Katiana has a question. She's also writing some children's books and has a kind of Christian publishing company that she's doing as a parent company and going to have some books underneath to kind of give you an idea of where she's coming from. And she's learning all this on her own as we all are. So, um, Okay, I'm sorry. He, sorry, so sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know. Okay, so um, are you guys going to trademark your series as you develop your brand? Because again, copyright is, anybody can get a copyright. It, you don't have to apply for a copyright. Trademark, you have to pay for. Um, and it, it's a little bit longer process, but it's still easy to do. Um, and then are you going to merchandise any characters um, or to help in branding any do you have any plans for that I think um, we're trying to get a book done <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. it depends if this is wildly successful maybe someday but yeah our goal was never to I mean that would be a dream but our goal was never that far out our goal was just the book and so it looks like that's gonna happen we're excited okay but I mean Definitely, that would make sense to do if we wanted to make this into something bigger. Okay. Yeah. Definitely, I agree. Great, great questions. Okay, so um, this is kind of going back, I guess, to um, the – well, we'll go to the Kickstarter in a second. So Beth and Jeremy both. So the goals of the project was just to kind of create something that was this joyful project for you guys. Um any personal goals, Beth, did you have any personal goals that you wanted to achieve that, um, that have been achieved or maybe haven't been achieved yet? Um, I guess my, not to be redundant, but my main goal was just to have a book that I could hold and read to my child. And so that's probably going to happen now. I'm very excited. Uh, I think if someday a child held this book and said it was their favorite, mm. That would be amazing to me. A kid who doesn't owe me anything, you know, but to them it means something. So, right. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So, Jeremy, what about you? Um, I, I don't have any other goals besides getting this book, this book <laughs> in people's hands. Um, I honestly haven't thought beyond that. Um, the, I mean, it, there's some it'd be nice to kind of things. It would be great to do another children's book. It'd be great to be approached by someone else who's like, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to, I like your style. I like the way you, you worked on this. Um, I'd like to do another book with Beth. Um, there's, there's other projects I'd love to do. Um, but this, you know, even if this, even if this thing just kind of puts me in front of people, I wouldn't have otherwise had an opportunity to do work for, um, or even more than that, I've learned a lot just about um, illustration style, kind of taking a step back from the way I usually do things and approaching it from a different direction. I've learned a ton about Illustrator and just kind of the way I would uh, approach character design and stuff like that too. So 
So it's, it's already been, it's already been good. So Sven says uh, this, and I think this is great information. Um, you need to register for copyright to get the full protection. So definitely copyright is for creative works. Trademark is for conducting business. Um, and just so you guys know, I think in two or three weeks, I have a copyright attorney coming on. So we're going to be talking about all kinds of things that have to do with copyright. So if you guys want to listen to that, you should come back. All right. So Beth, how was God's hand in this story? And how did you manage to keep up this dream and the momentum for two years before you really got it together with finding the perfect illustrator to, to get you to this? And how, how did you get through those times when it kind of felt like, I mean, maybe it wasn't in the front burner all these times, but it sometimes can feel like, oh, I had this dream and I'm just having to back burner it. And some, sometimes that can be very hopeless or frustrating. How did you, how did you see God's hand in this story? So when I wrote the book, I was very excited about it and I shared it with some people. And over the past few years, I would still share it with people here and there like, Hey, did you know that I wrote a book? And then I'd read it. And every time I would read it to someone, they would say, you have to make this book. I, you know, I want to have a copy of that book. Mm -hmm. And so just putting myself out there to share it with people Mm -hmm. was a constant encouragement because maybe I wouldn't think about it or talk about it for a while. And then it would come up and someone would reaffirm that. And then I would think, okay, I like, I really can't give up. And so I've had some really great friends who have encouraged me to not give up, including Ben, who like really encouraged me to get this done. And I think even though I didn't know it at the time, like now looking back, I can see, wow, I waited, but I'm so glad I did because Jeremy partnered with me on this and it is far beyond what I expected to ever come from this project. So I think it says a lot about waiting for God's timing and not getting discouraged by the moments where things aren't happening as fast as you think they could. Because if I would have forced this, like I consider just drawing something and printing it for myself, I would have been the only person that knew about this book. It wouldn't have been that great looking, (laughs) you know, but now it is something that hundreds of people will have. And it's something that's a beautiful book. And hopefully that message can spread farther than if I was just selfish and held on to it. So I see that God really put the people in my life to keep me going and put Jeremy in my life to help me make this a reality. And now they're just like all these people who are also supporting and sharing about it on Kickstarter. I've been blown away by that. So I feel his love and I trust his timing more because of this project. That's cool. That's, that's an awesome way to look at it for sure. It reminds me of like, you know, the, when, I don't remember what this is called, but it was in the 90s. You know, people would fall off a stage and then you would be handled all around, which maybe is a little creepy. But it sort of feels like if you do it all on your own, you can't float around a crowd. You have to have all trust falls maybe. or but I think Stage it's diving. Stage diving, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, people crowd surfing. Brian had it. So, you know, and people are passing you around. That's what ends up happening because you you let God do his have his timing. So Matt has a question that I want to make sure that we get. And it has to do with the Kickstarter. So what prep work ugh, what prep work was done ahead of time to help you juice up your amazing Kickstarter? And this was a lot. I know Jeremy said this was probably the most stressful part was last week uh, or the week prior as you were getting ready to prep for the Kickstarter. Um, 
And from what I know, from what Jeremy and I had talked about and what you and me had talked about, Beth, was you guys hadn't done a, a, a ton of extra stuff. You'd done some. I know that there were some things you had done reaching out to people. But what, mm-hmm. were, what were some of the things that you did to help the Kickstarter have such a really potent launch? Um, Jeremy. Okay. Um, so we put together kind of a social media kit that uh, allowed that basically we emailed out to people that were friends, family, clients, um, everybody that we knew pretty much that uh, was, was a, a templated email that basically gave people kind of the gist of what we were going to be doing. It linked them to our existing Chin Up Chinchilla page that hadn't gone live yet so they could read a little bit about it. Um, and then it had attachments. It had like Instagram ready images that were already attached to it along with copy and paste this into Twitter, copy and paste this. And if, if you don't have uh, what you need in order to, to write something about this, it also had a link to a, a downloadable PDF so they could read the entire book. Cause we didn't want to send it out and have people, uh, commenting or promoting something that they couldn't get behind. So we gave them the opportunity to download it, it password protected, uh, so they could kind of read and see the whole book uh, from front to back. And then the opportunity for them and just, and we kind of teed that up, what, three days? I think three days ahead of time. I think we sent that out on Monday. Kickstarter happened on Wednesday. And we got just so many people emailing us back right away. Just like, oh yeah, we're so super excited about this, this is gonna be great. I've already added it to my calendar. I'll, I'll do, I'll be the first person to do this on Wednesday. Um, and that's, that was, a, there was a lot of work involved in that. And then obviously leading up to doing a Kickstarter campaign, you have to shoot a video, uh, shoot a video and, and edit all that and, and get this, you know, find the right stock music for it. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into prepping and getting ready for that. How long did that tart take? So you guys had to come together, you had to shoot the video, you had to do the editing. How, um, how long ahead of time did you guys do that? The week before. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So pretty soon. Yeah. So originally we were looking at a September one date to start this. And I just, I'm one of those people, this goes back to my need to just like make a decision and move. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have gone out of my mind because I would have having that much time before we're actually going to get started. So I just said, what if we, we, we also did some research on when's a good time of the month, good time of the week, good time of the year to launch a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, a lot of people said the middle of the month is a great time to do it. It also happened to land on a Wednesday, which people say is a great time to do it. So um, I just threw it out there like, what if we move this up two weeks? Um, and to me, that just allowed, allowed me to have a deadline that I needed to meet as far as getting that video shot, scheduling all that. So Ben and Beth came down to Columbus and they had friends meet us. We have this unbelievably beautiful library here in Columbus. And so we shot some stuff down there. We came to my studio, shot some stuff here. I think I did all the shooting and editing and audio. Uh, and then I compiled it all together, uh, like within the next day or two. And we were, we were ready to roll. I mean, I know it was under Beth's Kickstarter. So really you're divvying up some of those responsibilities. And it, what didn't feel like, oh, it was all Jeremy's to do this and it was all Beth's to do this so that did you guys have like a day where you're like here's I'm I can do this can you do this so one awesome thing that we discovered during this process was Dropbox paper it's a good oh, yeah. tip for all you people okay Dropbox paper is amazing <laughs> yeah so, so what is it 
So it's like a document, kind of like a Google Doc, except it, it's just cleaner and super easy to use and we can edit it together, which I know you can do Google Docs, but we would create to-do lists and we could tag each other in them. And we made tables that had contact lists and we could throw in images for proofing. So it was just an awesome resource. So we made a really long to-do list and broke it up into sections like advertising, promotion, Kickstarter rewards, all these things that we needed to make sure we didn't forget. And then we would tag each other and leave comments so that we could address those things. And so that was one awesome tool. We love doing that. And we really work closely like we've been having morning checkup calls where we'll just talk, run through things now that things are going. But there was a lot of back and forth. And I told Jeremy, I feel like this is like a school project where you're partnered with someone, but you're both carrying the weight of the work. So it doesn't feel like I never have felt like I'm doing everything. Hopefully Jeremy doesn't feel that way either. Like I know he's done a lot of work with the illustrations and once the book was written, I didn't have a ton of like book involvement, but I had, there was a ton that I could be doing to work on this Kickstarter. So like figuring out rewards, writing those things up, sending emails to people. So I tried to take as many things off his plate as I could so that he could focus on the things that he was really good at. So I think it was a really nice balance. And something that I've learned about myself through that, that, that same thing I was talking about earlier, I am, because of my ADD, I can be hyper-focused on stuff. And if I'm, and that, I think that goes to why I'm able to do things quickly. If I'm hyper-focused on something, I can just tear through stuff. But, um, you know, I'm getting notifications sometimes on Dropbox paper and every time Beth tags me on something, it pops up and stuff. And so later in the day, just, did you see that? I'm like, I haven't. At, had any time whatsoever to look at that um, because I'm just so focused on the illustrations and it's usually it's like I promise I will get off this train by the end of the day today and I will address all that stuff but Beth is so organized and so like detail-oriented um, and so like all the math stuff that had to be done as far as figuring out the cost and the shipping I mean if you don't figure out if you miscalculate the shipping on something like this it can eat your lunch yeah, I think the good type book, she talked about that, that it was really, she hadn't expected it to be as um, expensive. And I know I have another friend um, who I interviewed a while ago, Justin Hillgrove. He did this Imps and Monsters, which is another, but it's just his paintings, but it's all super cute kid stuff. But it was, I mean, it's a big book and, yeah. you know, it can really be expensive. Well, that was the thing with the plush blankets or the, um, the blankets that you're doing. It's like, if you don't have a distributor or you ha- don't have someone to print that already or to control that, I think that that's, it can be a really, you will be in the hole going in, you oh, know, yeah. and, and that has to do with that 50, 50. So if we're in the hole going in, is that a hundred dollars from Jeremy and a hundred dollars from Beth that comes in? And, and those are where those contracts can help um, come, you know, just even for great friends, I always feel like partnerships should, right. I don't know. He might want to, my dad's an attorney, so maybe it's just <laughs> this is a plug for your dad. <laughs> um, yeah. So one, another thing we've done is I created a spreadsheet where I've listed out expenses. So if something, if I've put money in to order, maybe like stickers or something, and he's put money in to buy the songs for the, the video, like I'm keeping track of how much we're each putting in so that we know like if there's compensation to be had for the monetary input we've had, then 
we'll know how to split that up fairly. So I'm trying to keep track of everything to make sure that, that this is as much of a 50, 50. Yeah. So, it sounds like great communication, um, respect for each other, and then being able to feel like you could be heard and also feel like you can share where you're, uh, want feedback or to, and give feedback, I think has been the communication has been really key. Yeah. Okay, so I have a couple more couple more questions, and then I know it, we're already over our time. So um, Krishna says, how did you figure out um, reward items and their price tiers? Because I do think that that can be really, and especially if you go for this next, once you get funded, there's other incentives people will incentivize to get to another level. Mm -hmm. um, she's listening while she works. So um how did you figure out that stuff and how are you going to go forward figuring out the next tiers if you're going to do that? Beth. Oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there's a little glitch. Um, so we figured out our rewards by looking at other successful book campaigns that were similar to ours on Kickstarter. And so I actually made a Google paper doc and listed out like all their rewards that they had and what they offered because what we wanted to do was make sure that our rewards were not adding so much to our cost that it was making it more difficult for us to cover the book cost. So we knew off the bat that we wanted our end goal to be a low number. So picking rewards that wouldn't be a huge additional cost to us was important because I know a lot of people do things um, that are very extravagant and cool but that's not what we were about in this case. And then picking things that are relatively flat so that it can ship together with the book mm. was another important thing or having some digital offerings so that we could do things without shipping. Um, so we wanted to make sure those things were covered and also that there was something for everybody. We want to make sure if you just wanted a book, that's cool, but maybe you want a couple. And so let's give that as an option, or maybe you want a whole bunch and let's throw that in there and, with a few added perks like a print or the activity kit that we created. So we wanted to keep it simple, have 10 or less. We didn't want it to get too crazy that people would be paralyzed by the decisions that they had to make. And then um, we wanted to make sure that it would be something simple to actually produce in addition to the book. Gotcha. So what was something, Beth, what was something that you learned during this project that resulted in significant growth? For you and it could be a personal thing it could be uh you know just a time management thing working with dropbox paper mm -hmm. but what was something that you you can look back i mean obviously there's a faith component as well because it took a long time and you had to yeah. but what 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 if anything did you learn um hmm. i guess from a high level i learned that i guess looking at it it seems so daunting at the beginning mm -hmm any way you approach making a book is daunting. Like sending it out to publishers or getting an agent is likely what you'd have to do. Like that seemed daunting to me or, you know, trying to do this all on my own would be very daunting, but Kickstarter, there's so much work like, and you're the only one that's going to do it. Nobody else does. So I just kind of at the beginning thought, can I even do this? And that was a little paralyzing, but having a great partner in Jeremy, having been support and just like asking other people who have done this. I'm just kind of surprised that it all came together. <laughs> it all came together. I could do it. And that feels like really satisfying to say this thing seemed like something I could never do, but here I am doing it. And I know that God helped me along the way to get here. 
So that's something I learned that I could do something that seemed impossible. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> that's awesome. How about you, Jeremy? Um, so um, I may need you to restate the question because I've been mesmerized by the chat thing on the right side of the screen. And going back to my focus issues, I completely missed your Okay, question. no worries. You can click chat and then it will go away. Nobody I just did. I just did. I'm having problems. So. <laughs> it's okay. So what I asked was, what have you learned during the this project that resulted in significant growth for you? Um, I, I, I would echo what Beth was saying. Just, you know, it seemed, um, I, I do a, a men's Bible study that meets at my house on Wednesdays. And um, Dylan Mengus is a friend of mine uh, that a lot, a lot of you probably know. Um, he meets with us. And, um, and then uh, um, Thad Devassi, who's my co-host for Joy Ventures there, and a couple other guys. We just have a great time together. Um, and um, the, it's just been really great support from them. But they just keep saying, you know this thing's going to get funded, right? You know this thing's going to get funded. And I just... I remember last Wednesday. So like we met last Wednesday before we kicked off the campaign and then we met again this morning and I got a good talking to by these guys because they were like, we told you so. Um, but uh, to me, what I've learned is, is that it's not about what I think or what I want. It's about what God has planned. Hmm. Um, and I, like, like I said, we, we were just, I was worried about having to go on a 30 day marathon to get this thing done. And like, what are we going to do? Like, it was causing me stress in my chest that I was going to be doing this for 30 days. Mm -hmm. um, and so like this morning, it was, these guys were just like, hello, six days. What did we tell you? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not about what I want or how I would mm -hmm. make something happen. It's God's timing is always perfect. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's funny because we try to hold on so much often and, Sometimes it's just about letting go because we can't control those things. Yeah. I mean, you were over halfway done in a day. You know, that, that was day was insane. That day, I mean, I'm watching, I had the Kickstarter uh, website up live and I was like, $1,000. Oh my gosh, we hit $1,000. And then like, we're going back and forth. And I remember I sent at the $3,000 mark, I sent a text. I was like, oh my gosh, we just hit 3K. And she's like, whoa, I'm giving Rue a bath. So I stepped away from the computer for a minute. <laughs> It's just like, it was crazy that first day. Like I had, I was so moved and so grateful and like, mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you, like I would have never in a million years thought we would have even made a thousand dollars on the first day. I mean, it just blew, it completely blew us away. So, um, I think I know the answer to this, but would you two work together again? And, um, and what's next for both of you? Are you, do you think you'll, are you, do, Jeremy, you going to do another book with somebody else or, or are you going to write another book, Beth? Or what, what, I think you guys would work together from just what I'm seeing. I mean, you, you're halfway through, right? This, this Kickstarter, it seems like the Kickstarter was a really good, I think, would, do you think you would do another Kickstarter as well? Beth? Um, yeah. If nothing else, happens like you know someone wants to pick up this book and sell it for real um i would love to i mean i have a couple other books along the same vein as this a little different teaching empathy in different scenarios um 
not a chinchilla, different animals. So there could be some really fun things to do with that. And if Jeremy wanted to do it, I would want him to continue to be the illustrator for it. So it, it does all depend on the time. And I want to make sure that neither one of us gets burnt out because and it, like this isn't our full-time job. We're not getting paid <laughs> for any of the stuff we're doing. So we still have to do, you know, work for clients. So if time and God allows, I would love to work with Jeremy again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to do it again. I, I just, I think the good thing is, is that both of us came into this with the approach of let's just do something fun mm. and see what God does with it. And so, um, that's really the way I would approach anything beyond this. And so like one of the things I talked with Beth about this morning on our call was, what do you want to do with this? This is your baby. Like this is something that is, that it was your idea and something that, that like when she gets like, she gets teary eyed sometimes when we start talking about some of this stuff. Um, and it's been really awesome, but I just, I, I, she is, is while I'm attached to it because I got to make it look pretty. Um, she's the one that really has the heart for it. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, and, and happy cargo books is something that's under Fox Meadow creative. If, if there's another book in there, I would love to do that. Um, I don't know. Putting your hat in the ring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've had a blast. This has been, this has been the least lucrative, most fun thing I've done in a long time. <laughs> but that's what we need sometimes. Sometimes we have to do those passion projects that do fuel us for something else, but they also show us where our gifts are. Oh yeah, and I've, I'm, I'm having to remind myself I've got paying work I got to get to because I'm just having so much fun working on this. So with the Kickstarter, it does, it, there's a lot of uh, underlying things that you kind of have to do. And I know you did some prep and you sent things to friends. I know that you did a um, tutorial with Dustin Lee of Retro Supply. Um, was that part of just that three, like the three-day push? You said, hey, I can do this. Or did you contact, uh, contact him like a month before and say, hey, I have this? Because I also think that that would be a great way to, if it's timed right, then you know, then it's somebody else sharing your stuff. And it's also, you're giving content to them that they, that their audience will appreciate how, how, cause that seems like some strategy in there. Did you do that a lot of times or did you do that with just Dustin? Jeremy. Oh my gosh. I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me that question because I was just reading pack it up pachyderm. <laughs> I told you to turn off the I know, I know. I turned off. I was like, please, please, please ask. Please, at the end of this, please say Beth. I can answer the question for you. That would be great. Beth. Thank you, Beth. I like to handle things. No. Um, I think, like, you knew, we talked about who, how we could cross-promote this. And so, Dustin seemed like a great opportunity because he, we used the product. So, he was on our list to contact, but we didn't reach out to him until closer to the time that the book was almost done and we were getting ready to launch wouldn't you say that's right jeremy yes okay yeah we're talking about dustin yeah yes so i yeah i reached out to dustin and said uh hey man i used some of your products to do my illustrations and um and now diane's cracking me up laughing on the other screen so i'm really trying to keep it cool here um i uh i i love dustin i heard him speak at creative south and um they have great products and he's got a great story. And I just thought I'd throw it out there and say, hey man, uh, use some of your brushes uh, along with some of my own and I would love an opportunity to figure something out. And he said, well, how about a tutorial? And that was his idea. 
-hmm. So I was like, all right, I've never done a tutorial before, but what the heck. Um, and spent that also took a lot of time to do, but I like enjoyed How far it. in advance was that? How far did you, how far did uh, like Beth, how far in advance did you make this list of potential people that you could cross promote? And then Jeremy, how far in advance did you do that tutorial with, for Dustin? I think the tutorial got to Dustin finalized Monday or Tuesday and it went live Wednesday. Okay. How, what about making the list of cross promoters? Cause I actually feel like this is one of the weaknesses of me um, where I'll just be like, I'm just going to try to do it all myself. I'm trying to crowd surf alone where really we need to do. So it's that list and it's being organized. Like that's one of your superpowers for sure. Beth. Oh right? yeah. That's um, definitely one of our superpowers. I try or I get too stressed out. Um, so some of those th things are actually accounts that I started following on Instagram when we initially talked about doing a book. Oh, so a long time ago. Well, okay. some of them. Yeah. Because I wanted to see what kind of stuff are people posting. Uh, and I wanted to be well enough acquainted with their accounts to see like if our book would be something that would fit or how people, other people are doing it. And then as we were getting closer and closer, we would just throw them in that list as we would think of them so that we wouldn't forget. So it accumulated over time. I had a personal list. We made that list uh, when we started really considering launching this in September. So probably like a month ago, I don't know, we made that list and then we've just been adding to it. So it's a constant running thing. Yeah. So, so I, I, we're so over, but I just felt like there was so much content. I actually feel like I got, I took lots of notes and even went on the backside. So I'm, I'm excited. You've actually inspired me to do some, a little bit more research for things that I'm doing. I hope that they've inspired everybody else that's in here live. And then anybody who's watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or wherever, get your podcast. I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get in touch with you guys. And I want to make sure that they know how to support. Uh, and you can still, cause it's only been up for a week. People, you got 25 more days or yeah, just because we're funded doesn't mean we don't want to sell more books. Right. Cause it's actually a great story and it, it really is. They're super cute, but it is really a great story and it does kind of have open ended. So it's not like there's a beginning and an end. It's just, a, I noticed something about my friend and now I'm trying to figure it out. And, and sometimes you don't always know. And I think it is, it's a, one of you guys had sent me in an email that really is also a great book for adults for sure. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you give it to your boss one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, that'll be Casey giving it to, um, <laughs> Jeremy I'm just kidding um okay. so so I want to make sure everybody knows so happy cargo books h-a-p-p-y-c-a-r-g-o books with an s.com and then you can follow happy cargo books on Instagram I'm going to put all these so happy cargo books is part of Ben and Beth Stafford at ha um, Fox Meadow Creative which is f-x-m-d-w.com mm-hmm Okay, and I'm going to put all these in the chat, but they'll also all be in the cool. YouTube show notes and the what everything else, um, wherever you're getting this stuff. So um, if you want to back the project, I just made a bit.ly so that it was just easier because um, every time I would copy it and paste it into my 
Messenger, it would pop up the whole thing and I'd lose the thing. So it's, if you want to look at it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash D-R, capital D, capital R for design recharge, a hyphen, and then chin up, C-H-I-N-U-P. So that'll be an easy way. And then you can always follow Jeremy at slagledesign.com. Just one design, not an S on the end. So S-L-A-G-L-E design.com. And then on Instagram at slagledesign as well. So um, we talked about a couple other things. All those things will be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for staying on a little bit longer. It was a lot of stuff to cover, but I felt like we did. I felt like we did a good job. I think so. That was a lot of fun. Well, good. Beth, yeah. do you feel good about Sorry. the fun? Sorry, he froze at the end, so I was like, I don't know what you said, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that was really fun. Okay, good. So I, uh, I'm really thankful. I'm so thankful that you guys we're able to get together. I'm sorry this had to take two years, but I am really thankful that Ben was involved, but I'm really glad Jeremy got involved. There he is, <laughs> Ben's hand. Maybe Ben just come into the frame so people can see you who don't know. There you are. Yay. <laughs> um, at least he can hear now. But thank you guys for doing this. Thank you for um, all the support that they've gotten. I know that they're super thankful. And just this is a great little book. Um, I can't wait to get mine. You can get more than one. So if you wanted to give it to a children's class, you can buy 20, I think, at once. There's some other things in those tiers. Mm -hmm. But there's, um, I really am excited about the activity. That there's um, digital activity sheets. And I know I said I don't have kids, but I sure do like the color. So I'm excited. Awesome. Yes. And you can now see a preview of those rewards. We just uploaded that today. So that's new on the Kickstarter page. You can see what some of the activity kit, or activity kit items will be. Yep. That literally went up like 20 minutes before we got on here. So. All right. Well, and then Kickstarter does, I think this is Beth is doing these, these updates and they're when you get funded, you get an update and, and all this stuff. So you're going to get updates for this whole month and mm -hmm. then when they start producing and this is supposed to get the books should be coming out before December. So you could give this as a Christmas gift as well. Right. Yes. That is the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good luck. I will definitely be praying for you guys as this goes and Ben too, since he's over in the shadows. Thank you guys. I can't wait. Hopefully we'll get to see you and hug you in person. Um, Beth, I can't wait. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you guys for all coming. Next week is going to be a uh, rapid recharge. It really will. I appreciate all the love I got from taking off last week. Um, Anyway, thank you guys. You can always reach me at Design Recharge on Instagram or Twitter, or you can always follow me on, um, or you can email me or find me at rechargingyou.com. But next week is going to be a rapid recharge, and I'm going to teach what I've been learning. So it's not something I'm an expert at, but I'm definitely going to be teaching you what I've been um, understanding because I feel like that's where God calls us to do is right in the middle of your muck sometimes that's where you're learning it the best so thank you guys for teaching us about kickstarter i tons of information and um and just about having a team and somebody who you didn't necessarily plan on working with um, especially when you it seems like ben would have been the perfect fit so i think it's really um a testament to y'all's relationship that he could step away and let jeremy mm -hmm. come in so i think that that's that was a really um, and it's great because then you can more crowd surfing, right? Now you got three sets of hands instead of just. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right, guys. Thank you. And now, Jeremy, you can just read the chat all you want. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs>